0: Welcome to this pre-recorded service for the second Sunday in Lent, coming to you on February 28th, 2021. We are coming to you from Church of the Palms in sunny Sarasota, Florida, and we are delighted that you have joined us. We hope and pray that this service will be a blessing to you and to those you love. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As we prepare our hearts for worship, let us join Jonathan in the prelude.
1: sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth, sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of his salvation from day to day, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Let us worship God.
2: steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Relying on this love and mercy, let us pray our confession together. God of mercy, you sent Jesus Christ to seek and save the lost. We confessed that we have strayed from you and turned aside from your way. We are misled by pride, for we see ourselves pure when we are stained, and great when we are small. We have failed in love, neglected justice, and ignored your truth. Have mercy, O God, and forgive our sin. Return us to paths of righteousness through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. As a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for all those who call on him. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. God's forgiven children, let us farm our faith together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sit it on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now it is time to pass the peace of the Lord to be with you. So peace be with you.
3: goodness, what fun was that, I loved that. Welcome again to this pre-recorded service coming to you from Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. We're so glad you're here wherever you're joining us from. You can go to our website or visit us on Facebook or YouTube to get to know us a little more and find some of the other ways that we are working to fulfill our mission to love God and love neighbor. A couple of things you will find there are some online um, opportunities that are happening this week. The first is is that Genevieve has begun filming Taizé services again. The first in this new series uh, was made available yesterday morning, so it's on YouTube and Facebook and our website now. It was filmed in our beautifully recently renovated chapel, and it's just beautiful and peaceful and just really a meaningful experience, so we encourage you to check that out. Those will continue to be released once a month on the last Saturday of the month, so you can look forward to at least several more of those from our very talented music ministry. In addition, this Wednesday, Pastor McConnell will continue his God in Hollywood series Truth and Consequences. So that's on Wednesday at 6:30 p.m. and it is on Zoom. You do need to sign up for that and you can do that through the website and you can also there see a list of the movies and documentaries that they're watching. This Wednesday, March 3rd, they will be discussing the film Lincoln. Also announcing, this is a little further down the road, but wanna make sure that there's plenty of notice to get it on your calendar, that there is a women's retreat being planned in the Palm Center. It's on April 24th, called Be Still and Be Well. It sounds like a really wonderful, uh, enriching experience. It includes yoga. Uh, worship and Bible study. You can sign up on our website. And if you are a member of Church of the Palms, please reach out to Susan Neisler. She can get you a discount code to use when you go to register. Finally, today is Commitment Sunday. And what that really means, when we give our pledge cards and when we commit, it's an opportunity for us to reaffirm to one another our our commitment to our shared mission. And um, we really, it's a way to have solidarity with one another. And so we encourage you to do that. There's a couple of ways you can participate in Commitment Sunday today. One, you can go on the website, click on Give, which is in the upper right. And then click on Donate Online, and you can set up reoccurring payments. It takes like five minutes, and then you don't have to think about it again. It's done for the year. So um, that's a very simple way to pledge your commitment to our mission and our shared work together. You can also mail in a pledge card, uh, if that's your preference. And that's on the home page. You'll see there a place where you can download the pledge card and mail it into our office. In addition to the ways we partner by financially supporting our mission, there's lots of other ways we can share God's love with the world, with the community around us, and with one another. We can share our time. We can share our talents. And those seeds, those gifts, those little things can manifest themselves and grow in ways that we could never have expected in a million beautiful different ways. And so I'm going to share with you now, uh, to illustrate the point, third in our series, How Does Your Garden Grow? So please enjoy this brief video.
4: What image comes to mind from the old saying, walk a mile in someone else's shoes? Do you imagine shoes that are suddenly a bit tighter, more loose fitting? Maybe not quite your style, or doesn't fit your occupation. When a volunteer at Mission Penial was serving meals to those in need, their take on that saying was much different. They saw children with old shoes, beat up, filled with holes, rarely the right fit for their growing feet. Paul went out to the Church of the Palms congregation, asking for their help. When many heard this story, they were inspired to take part. Donations began to fill, and fill, and fill. Many came together to make this work, but nothing would have happened if someone hadn't first noticed their need and walked a mile in their shoes.
0: you pray with me. Gracious God, we gather our hearts together in prayer. We turn to you, abiding in you, and relying on you to help us, to guide us, and to give us strength and love. During this season of Lent, we pray for a spirit of humility, repentance, and openness to you, O God so that we might connect with you in a new way into our anxiety O lord so peace into our fear so courage into our confusion so wisdom into our division so love on this lenten journey we pray for a spirit of kindness Help us to think about our neighbors, O God, how we can be of service to them in creative ways, and how we can allow them to be of service to us. We pray for all those who are experiencing illness of any kind, heal their bodies, heal their souls, make the wounded whole, strengthen their caregivers, Comfort those who love them best. We lift up to you, gracious God, all those who are grieving and who feel like the pain will never end. May they sense your presence and be filled with your peace. We pray for those who are most vulnerable in the world. Help us to be the hands and feet of Christ bringing healing, attention, and love to all those in need. Give us joy and laughter to share with one another, as well as food and safety and justice. Holy God, we pray for all leaders of our nation and our world. Fill them with a spirit of wisdom and courage that they may lead well, that they might be driven by compassion for all people. We give you thanks, O God, for the men and women who selflessly serve in our military and on the mission field, and for all their families who sacrifice so much. We pray for your creation, gracious God. Help us to care for all that you have given us. Make us faithful stewards, guide our actions, Help us to resist taking more than our fair share. Fill us with a spirit of generosity and a sense of security that we may be free of fear and filled with your spirit of abundance and love. All this we ask in the name of the one who embodies love, the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, But well, we are at the moment of gratitude, and I love how the psalmist expresses gratitude to God in Psalm 9. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. It is in the spirit of gratitude that we are invited to return to God just a portion of what God has first given us. The ways to give are on your screen, and just know that we are so grateful for your generosity as we partner together to bear good fruit in a world that is starving. May we give generously from a heart overflowing with gratitude and love.
5: Thank you.
1: pray Lord God you've entrusted us with gifts and asked us to use them to build your kingdom with thanks and praise we respond to your call we bring these gifts that you've given to us returning your generosity with the commitments that we are making giving ourselves to love and to serve whenever and wherever you call We pray this in the name of our Lord God, who has blessed us with so many blessings. Amen.
6: Good morning, I'm Miss Colleen, and I'd like to invite all the children to come in just a little bit closer to your screens and give a listen to today's children's moment. Today, we are talking about pruning pruning is when a gardener cuts away the dead or diseased parts of a plant so the plant can be healthier and stronger and grow into the most lush and fabulous version of itself that it can be once a plant is freed from those tangled branches that have held it back it can blossom and you know Often, plants that are pruned grow more flowers and larger fruit. Guess what else is pruned? You and me. We're pruned by the master gardener, and that is God. Now listen, I want you to think about yourself for just a second. Do you have any uh, uh, bad habits or maybe not so awesome attitudes, I don't know, maybe lots of feelings of jealousy or an attitude of being uncooperative. If I'm honest, sometimes I'm not very thankful for the things I have in my life. And in fact, I'm kind of crabby and grumpy about the things I don't have and about the things other people have that I think I should have, and it's not so awesome. But the good news for you and me is that God is constantly trimming these kind of things right out of our lives. He's shaping and pruning us just like a plant, and we're growing healthier and stronger, and we are bearing spectacular fruit, fruit like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, And the fruit we've been talking about these last couple of weeks, goodness. Goodness is the fruit that is produced when our hearts are changed by God. When we are overflowing with a desire to love others, to care about others, to do what God would have us do. So my plant friends, let's trust God He is the gardener. He is overseeing our growth, and he is pruning pruning, and shaping us so that we can grow into people whose hearts overflow with goodness. Will you pray with me? Dear God, thank you so much for loving us and tending to us. Help us, Lord, to know what you are pruning out of our lives and lead us to be the people that you would have us to be. Amen.
1: blessed here at Church of the Palms to have such wonderful music and we are grateful to have Betsy Trava back with us to uh, play and uh, always delighted when we have the opportunity to be lifted up in the praise and glory of God by such wonderful musicians that we have here uh, every single week. I wanted also to bring to your attention that uh, our Former visitation pastor who has served us for many, many years, Fred Marsh passed away this past week after a short illness. And we uh, keep Fred's family, Linda, and her children and grandchildren in our prayers. And uh, more details will follow as to how they will celebrate his life. But we uh, ask you to keep the Marsh family in your prayers as we give thanks to for Fred's great ministry here for so many years, visiting so many, many people and we know that god has blessed so many of us through his ministry well as we've been talking we have uh, been this past month reflecting on the theme how does your garden grow as we have been exploring this new fruit of the spirit generosity as we are in the midst of our generosity season wondering about how god is going to be using us over the course of this next year And so we are looking at uh, God the gardener and the ways by which God does do God's work in the garden as he uh, plants and as he nourishes and as he uh, tills the soil. And then today we're going to be reflecting on how God the gardener is a pruner as we so learn from Colleen and her wonderful children's moment. So to that end, we'll look at John chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. Hear the word of God. Jesus speaks and says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O Lord, that you will allow these words to come, to point to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ. For we pray this in his name. Amen. I once was a guitarist. Well, maybe a stretch to say that, I haven't played guitar for close to 50 years, but once I was a guitarist, or maybe more accurately I would say I was an aspiring guitarist, I took guitar lessons for three years, I I had two guitar instructors, the first one was a woman whose name I will call, in honor of our resident guitarist, Jonathan Smith, I will call Mrs. Smith. Mrs. Smith and her son owned a guitar shop, and they gave guitar lessons in the back. And I I love taking guitar lessons from Mrs. Smith because she was sort of this, you know, grandmotherly type who didn't really get much on my case when my lessons went bad and when it became evident that I hadn't been practicing too much. And when I fouled up a chord or a song, she would just tell me not to worry about it, that I should just try harder next time, and maybe, just maybe I should, you know, practice a little more. Mrs. Smith made guitar playing, easy she didn't necessarily make it good but she made it easy and as an 11 year old I was pretty good with that after a while the schedule of my practices got changed and now I had as my instructor Mrs. Smith's son Mr. Smith Mr. Smith was not an easy instructor, really, really difficult. Mr. Smith could figure out after about five chords whether or not I had practiced much that week, and if I had not practiced much that week, Mr. Smith would stop the lesson and give me this little Dutch uncle talk, and in no uncertain terms, he'd tell me that I was wasting my time and my parents' money for goofing around by goofing around. And he would would make me go over and over and over again on my chords and my picking, and he would check my fingers for calluses. And as you can imagine, I was not wild about lessons with Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith was just not much fun. And because I didn't like getting yelled at, I practiced more and more and got better. A few months later, it dawned on me that what God had given me the talent for was not to play the guitar, but to become a professional basketball player. So I announced to my mother that I was hanging up the guitar and picking up the sneakers. And, well, you can see how well that worked out. Which, of course, is what my mother knew when I came to her with that news. She had a much more sensible and creative dream for me to take up a lifelong instrument to enjoy and to share and to play. A much better bet than basketball for a 5-foot, 10-inch kid with a weak left-hand dribble. And so, of course, it wasn't until much later that I began to understand something about the difference between Mrs. Smith and Mr. Smith. The the two had very different visions of joy that they were trying to extend to me. The joy that Mrs. Smith was trying to give was the joy of the moment, the instructional moment. It was a nurturing, loving, encouraging, grandmotherly joy that she was offering me in the present moment. Now, the joy that Mr. Smith was trying to give me was not the joy of the present moment, but the joy of the future moment. It was the joy of getting me to be the best guitar player I could be. Mr. Smith had a vision of the day when I would pick up a guitar and play a classical piece of music without flaw, and the joy I would receive in having my gifts used to such a joyous end, of delighting not just myself, but delighting those for whom the music was played. This was the vision Mr. Smith had for me. It's a good thing, isn't it, when people come into your life who have a vision for what you can be, who see you not for who you are now, but for who you could be. I have a I had a few of those people in my life, my high school principal, a youth director, a college chaplain, people who saw something in me and were willing to tease it, coax it out. Now, it's something like Mr. Smith's vision that comes to mind when I hear Jesus say, I am the true vine, and you are the branches, and my father is the vine grower. I'm the vine, you are the branches. And there's something we like about that vision, right, if we are people of faith. We we like the idea that we have found in Jesus the true vine, and we all like the idea that by God's grace we have been engrafted into the vine, that we are connected intimately to God by our connection to the vine. We like that idea. A lot of our spirituality has to do with embracing the fact that we are branches upon the true vine of the Messiah, Jesus. It's good to be a branch, good to be nurtured by the vine. But Jesus, in his teaching, wants to take us a little bit further. Jesus, perhaps, looks over at a vineyard of a local Palestinian farmer and he, he sees the vines and he sees the grapes and he sees the farmer tending to the vines and, and notices that he's pulling away the dead branches, the ones with no fruit on them, so that the resource of the vine would not be wasted on the dead branches, but only the branches that have the life and the fruit. Because the, the farmer's not growing these vines for the sake of growing vines. The farmer is growing vines such that they would bear grapes. The vine Vines do him no good without the grapes. The grapes are what he sells. The grapes are why he's a farmer. The grapes make the wine. The grapes garnish the plate. The grapes explode in the mouth. It's all about the grape. It's all about the fruit. It's the point of the plant. So Jesus says, I have this vision for you. Not only that you might be branches engrafted into the vine, but more importantly, I have this vision that you will be branches that bear fruit be- because it's about the fruit. It's the point of the plant you were to take a trip out the Napa Valley and stop in at one of the vineyards out there and and they gave you a tour of the vineyard as they usually do and you see the acres and acres of vines up and down the mountains and then when the tour is over they, they point you then to your cars and say thanks for coming and your first question would be but where's the wine?" Isn't there a place for a little wine tasting where we can buy some wine? You'd be surprised then to hear them say, oh, no wine here, just just the pretty, pretty vineyard, the vines, the leaves, the branches. And, of course, you'd say, but what is the point? So Jesus says, I'm the true vine, you are the branches, And my father is the vine grower, the vine dresser. My father's the farmer. Now, a good farmer loves the vineyard, loves the plants, takes care of the plants, feeds them, waters them. But the farmer never loses sight of the purpose of the plant. He never loses sight that the chief end of the plant is to produce grapes, grapes, Good grapes, perfect grapes, good wine-making grapes. And so his relationship is to the vineyard is always with this vision in mind. He knows that the joy comes when the grape comes. His love for the plants is toward the end of getting them to their fullest expression, getting them to the point of bearing the fruit, the good fruit, the best fruit. Jesus says, I am the true vine, you are the branches, and my father is the farmer. And he removes every branch in me that bears no fruit, and and every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. Now that's the surprise, right? That's the kicker. The surprise is that for the vine dresser, it's not simply about the branch. In the end, it's not about the branch. It's all about the fruit of the branch. It's the point of the plant. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. There's a point, you see, at which our relationship with Jesus, the vine, and the vine dresser father becomes less about us and more about the fruit we produce. There comes a point when we embrace the ultimate vision that God has for our lives, and that is that we exist within the kingdom to bear fruit. It's the point that God began with, and it's the point that God will end with. Got this lovely oak tree out there in the middle of our campus. It's 211 years old, if we are to believe what the sign says at its base. It is a great tree. It is a great tree, not simply because of how big it is. It's not a It's a great tree, not simply because of how long its branches extend. It's a great tree, not simply because of how old it is. It's a great tree because it's alive. It's a it's bearing fruit, it's growing leaves, it's providing shade, it's dropping acorns, too many acorns sometimes. Sometimes it's raining acorns, drives our facility folks nuts, and when it ceases to drop acorns, it will come down. Why? Because it's not about the branches, it's about the fruit. So, We keep trimming and we keep pruning and we keep vine dressing because we know it's all about the acorn. Robert Coles, the Harvard psychologist in his landmark book, The Spiritual Life of Children, recalls meeting up with a little 10-year-old girl named Mary and talking to her about what she thought her purpose in life was. And little Mary said this, I don't want to waste my time here on this earth. Just think of all the people the Lord hasn't sent. Oh, no, said the little girl, when you're put here, it's for a reason. Oh, Lord, the Lord wants you to do something. And, and if you don't know what, well, then you've got to try hard to find out. It may take time, you may make mistakes, but if you pray, he will lead you to your direction. He won't hand you a piece of paper with a map on it, no, sir. He will whisper something, and at first you may not even hear, but if you have trust in him and you keep turning to him, it will be all right. If you have trust in him and you keep turning to him, it will be all right. So it makes me wonder, when do you stop? When do you stop turning to the vine dresser? The vine grower who who sometimes, yes, like a Dutch uncle, tells you the truth and says, you know, you, you got a lot of stuff there you don't need. You, you got a lot of branches that just are not living anymore. You got money in the retirement account that you're just not going to spend, are you? You got a lot more life to live. You got a lot more fruit in you to bear. Well, we'd like, wouldn't we, to go back to Mrs. Smith? All grace, little work. But it's all about the fruit. It's all about the grape. It's all about the wine. It's all about the vine grower trying to coax out of you. It's good to be a branch, but better to be a Cabernet. It's good to hang on to that vine but better to play Mozart to your friends. And these commitments we make today, well, they're the start, right? They're the start, but not the end. Grapes forming at the end of our branches, and the farmer rejoices, and the farmer knows that there's a lot more where that came from fruit, there's more joy, there's more music, there's more wine, it just needs a little vine dressing, a little coaxing, a little pruning, because it's all about the grape, It's the point of the plant For the commitments we have already made and for the commitments we are praying to make, let us pray together our prayer of dedication, let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we praise you for you are the vine and we are the branches. And we give you thanks, O Lord, that not only do we get to be the branches connected to the vine, but that we get to be the branches that produce the fruit that you intend for your world. And so we pray, O Lord, that you will allow these gifts that we are praying to make and that we have already made, that they would truly be the seed for your garden, that they may flourish, that they may grow, that they may bear fruit in so many different ways through all the various ministries of our church. Lord, help us to be pruned such that we may grow and that we may become the great flowering garden for your creation. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen.